COVID-19, oh, we need a vaccine at this moment. It means everything. Please wear your mask and stay six feet back. Total shutdown. COVID-19. From Section 541 at First Energy Stadium, it's two middle-aged men in Cleveland, featuring the president of the Browns Fans Down Under, Mick McGovern. And now, two drawbacks, Ken Dworznik and Ted Clark. We're back. Episode 20. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Ted Klopp and Ken Dworznik. Ted, hard to believe. We just keep rolling along. We're now towards the end of September nearly. Football season has started. And my gosh, we got to watch a Browns team that looks like they don't know how to play football. How are I, you? I'm fabulous. I Well, despite that Browns game, I'm fabulous. This has happened 20 times, which is shocking to me, but here we go. Ted, we had a chance to talk a couple times. You told me before the show you have a story about Something to do with mouse traps? Do, yeah. Is this going to be something like with your van? Could like be. Like a weekly story? It could or be. It could what do be. we got? We periodically, as many homes do, get mice in the kitchen area. You know, that's where the food is. So my wife says, put the mouse traps out. Well, I put the mouse traps out for four or five days now. And we have those Jaws plastic mouse traps that are like the Mac Daddy of mouse traps. Yes. And instead of cheese, you put peanut butter on there, and they go nuts for that, right? That's true. I don't know how many mice are involved here, but well, here's what I can tell you. They've cleaned us out every night. <laughs> and not just that. Two nights ago, and again last night, not only did they clean us out, they pooped next to the trap. Oh, they're as sending if to a say, message. here you go, up your riggy with a swizzle stick. I'm eating your peanut butter, and I'm pooping next to your trap, and I'm still going, baby. I didn't know the mice at Cleveland Heights were so intelligent. That's impressive. Uh, impressive is not the word my wife nor I would use, but okay. I can imagine. They are not fun to deal with. I've dealt with that myself. It sounds like you guys are doing the right stuff. We could talk later. I can give you some other ideas on that. I can't wait to hear that, and we'll, we'll update everybody next week as to if the mice have been eviscerated. How many are you dealing with, you think? I don't know. Ballpark. Usually more than one. Oh, boy. So I'd say two or three. Yep. Once we catch one, we'll keep setting the trap, and if it keeps getting clean, we know we're not done yet. Yeah. Despite that, coming up on the show, we're going to talk to a big Browns fan who does not live in this state, nor does he live in this country. He does not even live on this continent nor in this hemisphere. But we're going to talk Browns with this gentleman. Plus, a woman goes to vote wearing a political T-shirt that is not allowed. Can't wear political T-shirts at a voting place. Her unique solution surprised everybody there. And we'll tell you what she did in Klopp's Clips. We will review the first week in our fantasy football league with the champion of our league from last year. It is not me, and it is not Ken. No. You'll hear from her in our fantasy football segment. Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. 
There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Blah 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 Our guest today is the president of the Browns Fans Down Under. It is the largest Browns backers organization in the Southern Hemisphere. I am wondering, after what we saw on Sunday, why a gentleman from Australia is watching Browns football. But we're going to find out as we talk with the president of the Browns fans down under, Mick McGovern. Mick, good day. Did I get it right? You sure did. Good day, fellas. Good day, sir. Well, it wasn't a good day for the Browns on Sunday. We'll talk about the game in a minute, but I want to hear about this club. When did it start? How did it start? Uh, It started about three years ago for us. NFL is not a huge game down here in Australia. And me and and a couple of mates at work, we were just up for sort of having a team that we follow. And so we had been looking at a team and we went, okay, well, what are we like in a team? Australia loves an underdog. All right, well, there's a good place to start. And then you sit there and you go, okay, you, you love to have a, a team that has a, a storied fantasy history. And you go, well, there you go. You can't beat the Cleveland Browns. And so we've gone all in on the Cleveland Browns. And then about a year or two later, we started the Backers chapter. So this was about three years ago and we started the Backers chapter. As I said, not many people follow the NFL down here. And so once people started, you know, we talk about the Browns and, you know, the enthusiasm over off-season, like every, seems to be every Browns experience is the highs of the off-season and then the crushing reality of the season. So it was around that time was the Baker Mayfield debut season. So there was a lot of hype during that season. And so we just found people were finding the chapter online, joining up. We were finding that, you know, friends of ours, as we talked about it, all wanted to join up. I think we're up to now somewhere around 120 members. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Mick, as part of Cleveland and been around Cleveland for a long time, thank you for the support of the team. Talk about what the atmosphere is like when you guys watch a game. Are you go to a bar? Are you at some kind of a club or something like that? How does that whole thing work? We have to wait for just the right game to be able to watch it so you know I got up I watched the game our time that game kicked off at 3 a.m in the morning so you're setting the alarm clock and you're getting up at 3 a.m and it's not on a Sunday it's on a Monday morning once that game finished at about 6 30 in the morning our time I was off to work to go <laughs> so you can't even enjoy a, a couple of refreshments to put the fires out but uh <laughs> So are you married? Do you have family? And if so, hey, I'm going to set my alarm for 3 a.m. to watch a football game. You just stay asleep. Is that 
Tell me about how, <laughs> this, pretty, how this works at home. Is that how it works? That's pretty much how it works. Yeah, okay. So uh, my wife is a very understa understanding woman. She just thinks I'm crazy when the alarm goes off at 10 to 3 in the morning so that you can get up, get it all sorted, make sure you're ready for kickoff. And then I've got uh, three young kids at home, so I've just got to make sure that the doors are shut and I'm in the furthest part of the house away from them and um, <laughs> stuff like that. So, and then I can cheer and hoot and holler and all that kind of stuff. And they've got to deal with the coffee machine going. They've got to deal... <laughs> So you try to make it a bit of fun. You try and get as get the TV up as loud as you can without waking everyone up. And then, you know, you try and get invested in the game, flicking through Twitter and, and checking out what everybody's, the, the armchair coaches are saying on Twitter and then text messaging from other people within the backers group. And um, yeah, so it's it's usually a, a bit of fun, but it's, it is more fun once we can get a few people around a game, that's for sure. Nick, the last three seasons, what you've seen, okay, the emergence of Baker Mayfield, we've had coaching changes, the whole nine yards. Obviously, there's no wrong answer. <laughs> How difficult is it to follow this team right now? We're a bit sports crazy down here in Australia. We, we will follow sports, and once you have a team, you can change your politics, you can change your religion, but you cannot change a sports team. Um, so, <laughs> so when we're in on a team, we're all in on a team. There's no changing whatsoever. I've got to say the best part about being a Browns fan is interacting. Like we just enjoy getting to know and, and meeting new people through it. So the off season is always a lot of fun. Getting involved and, and bantering with people and, and things like that. I found the end of Freddie Kitchens was pretty hard to follow. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think I was with a lot of people that was, uh, you know, you're sitting there going, well, the, the cute little draw plays and, and whatever, why don't we just give it to Nick Chubb? But <laughs> that's, that was a little bit difficult. All in all, the Cleveland Browns are a fantastic team to follow. There's just so much going on. Yes, there's heartache and stuff like that on game day. And, you know, I do feel for the people who have been following for 50 years and, um, and it hasn't been much better, but you've got to say the Cleveland Browns fans are a lot of fun and probably the best fans in the world. Does the team, the organization, are they aware of your club? Do they done anything to interact with you guys? Have they like done a Zoom call with you or anything like that? <laughs> um, so we are a registered Browns backers chapter. The Browns, uh, they do send out um, a few little season kits and whatever for the, for the chapters, which is great. So we'll get a couple of pairs of sunglasses and, and things like that, which we can share around and all of our members end up getting something, which is fantastic. In terms of Zooms with the actual team and things like that, not yet. So not yet. that's something that okay. I'd love to get. I'd love to get in and, uh, and have a bit of a Zoom and a bit of a laugh with a few people within the Browns. We're going to go to the painful portion of the conversation now. The Browns week one under uh, new head coach, Kevin Stefanski, go to Baltimore and, well, I'm not sure they actually arrived in Baltimore from what I saw. I didn't see that much of the game, but apparently there wasn't much of a game to see. 38-6, to six, and did it look any better from Australia than it did here in Cleveland? We're a long way away from Cleveland, but third and 41 <laughs> is probably even further away from Cleveland than we are. <laughs> uh, oh. You know, it was a hard game to watch. It was a hard game to stay awake for. <laughs> I think it was about quarter past four in the morning when I started to think, oh, my goodness, what are, what's going on? But, uh, yeah, it, it was a tough game to watch, that's for sure. <laughs> we go into the game, and I guess I expected something different offensively. I expected us to run the ball. You mentioned Nick Chubb, and that's somebody that we really thought would get the ball a lot yesterday. 
13 times isn't a whole lot. Kareem Hunt had a decent amount of runs, but no facet of the game was strong at all. I wonder if it had to do with the crowd noise and getting up without the people cheering you on and whatever and, and going to a team where, let's face it, the Browns are probably written off just about in every media outlet going into that game. There was no chance the Browns were going to win it, apart from within the Browns fans and the Browns organisation. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got a rookie head coach. He's had his first game. I reckon he's learned a lot from that. You've got two running backs who both average over five and a half yards a carry. If you're averaging that, realistically, Baker doesn't even need to throw the ball. They're quality guys. We should be relying on them a lot. Odell Beckham, I don't know what was going on there. There was a couple of drops, one in particular, where it was basically right in front of his visor. So I, I kind of feel like the big players didn't really step up, but I also feel like the O-line seemed to be a lot better. Baker did, did seem to have a lot more time to throw. That we, we, They've got to do something with the secondary and defence. That was, that was hard to watch. <coughs> <laughs> All right, Mick. In the last three years, who has been your favorite player from the Browns? This I'll is say, not good because he's got to think yep. about it. That's yep. something. <laughs> tells us all we need this to know. There isn't anybody got... worthy of being a favorite player. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the debut season of Baker Mayfield, that last run in yeah. for the back half of the year, went and got two Baker Mayfield jerseys after that. But then in terms of consistency, Nick Chubb all the way. I love watching Nick Chubb. There's just something about every time he gets the ball, you don't know whether he's going to go for five yards or 100. You just feel like every time he gets it, something magic could happen. Prediction for Thursday. Cincinnati Browns. Win. Browns. You think the Browns win? Okay. <laughs> Browns win. Okay. Browns win. I think you're going to see a different Browns team. I don't think any of those guys are going to be happy. You know, they've been basically given a public spanking on national television and streamed all around the world. I can't yeah. see those guys throwing that kind of performance, especially without the energy. I feel like they, they can't do that again. The Cincinnati coming to us, I think it's going to be different in First Energy Stadium. I think these guys are going to be up for it. It's going to go. And I think we're going to start seeing an improvement from last week and then we'll see improvement again. I don't think we're going to blow them out. It's not going to be a 50-point game, but I think we'll win by a score. So I reckon it'll be seven points in it. I hope you're correct, Mick. That would be great. And if you're not, I think it's going to be a really long season for all of us, especially those who have to get up to 3 a.m. in order to watch this stuff. Well, this but, one's going to be a difficult one because it'll be Friday morning, and I think it's because it's a late game. It'll be 10 a.m. in the morning for us. So we'll all be at work on a Friday. So yeah. I'll either be uh, avoiding social media and trying to catch the replay later, or, or I'll be somehow finding a, a corner at work and trying to keep up with the scores. So. I'll have to wait and see how my enthusiasm goes. Now, work, you're a school teacher. Do the students know about this fandom? And will they sneak <laughs> in and watch with you or no? There's a few students. There's um, a lot of the other staff. They've all jumped on board with it too. They, they think it's great. Yeah, there's a, there's a few students that follow it. Luckily, the one Ravens fan left. Jeez, so <laughs> that made it a whole heap better. Get, get out of there. A lot more fun with that guy last year, but yeah, it wouldn't have been much fun this week. (laughs) Well, hey, uh, can we get you to hang around for a second and play a little game time with us? No problem at all. No problem at all. And now, great moments in parenting. (laughs) My oldest son was getting out of our car and went running into Grandma and Grandpa's house. 
Once inside, Grandma noticed he was barefoot and said, Hey, where are your shoes? My son thought for a moment and said, In the car. Grandma asked, Why didn't you bring them in? At that point, my son paused for a moment and then said, Because I'm lazy. This has been great moments in parenting. Week one of the NFL is in the books, and as we mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to review week one of fantasy football and take a little preview of week two, and to do that, we have an expert, and it is not Ken, and it is not me, because neither Ken nor I won our fantasy league last year. We are going to talk with the champion of the Radio Fantasy Football League from last year, and her name is Eowyn Adams. Now, when we do this segment, Eowyn, I made this clear last week. I need to be addressed as Chancellor Klopp. Can you handle that? Sure. Okay. So, congratulations. You you won the league last year and made 11 guys look pretty stupid, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a good year. It was a good year. Eowyn is Ken's fiance, so Ken, uh, Eowyn winning the league last year, did that make for a uh, a good year for you? Oh, of course it did. Okay. I mean, obviously a lot of happiness at home, but she's got to feel great considering I didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. So <laughs> we didn't even have the option to see if we're going to have a match or anything like that because when your team's that bad, it doesn't make any difference. Well, let's take a look at some of the people that could be picked up this week to help fantasy owners. Eowyn, do you have some guys in mind? Yeah, I have four at the top of my list. The first one I would recommend would be Malcolm Brown from the LA Rams. Seems like the Rams have kind of like a three running back system going on, but he seems to be getting a lot of carries, especially at the goal line. The second person I would recommend would be Dallas Goddard, who's the tight end in Philadelphia. Now, you know, Zach Ertz has traditionally been the starter, but it seems like Carson Wentz really likes Goddard. Last week, he had eight receptions for 100 yards and one touchdown, so that would be a great pickup. Some other injuries around the league in terms of running back position, um, you know, James Conner at the Steelers is out, so Benny Snell would be a great pickup. And then Naeem Hines from Indianapolis would be another great pickup as Marlon Mack is out for the rest of the year. Lastly, Russell Gage, receiver from the Atlanta Falcons, he actually had nine catches and 119 yards last week, and, and I think he might be targeted more as defenses are really focusing on covering Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. So last week, Eowyn, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but in our league, there was a big matchup. It started off right at the beginning of the season, and the matchup was the Polish Cripplers and the Turf Toes. I don't know if Ken mentioned yeah. this to you. Ken is the Polish Cripplers. And I am the turf toes. And this went down to the wire. I don't know if you were keeping score on Monday night, but this went down to the wire. And in the late game, Melvin Gordon pulled it out for me. And Ken wound up being the highest scoring team not to win. In fact, I believe, Ken, you would have beaten every other team in the league if you hadn't played me. Not to, I've not never to scored in the wound or anything. I have never scored so many points in fantasy football. And then I left like 50 points on the bench because I didn't play Malcolm Brown, nor did I play Noah Fan, and I still didn't win. 
Did just you can't win. I'm like the Browns. I just can't win. Now, Eowyn, I hate to point out another problem, but in defense of your title, you, you kind of laid an egg there in week one. What happened? You lost. Yeah, I mean, Ted, as you know, our league is a keeper league, and when you win the championship, it's kind of hard not to hold on to majority of, of, of your team, but I think I'm having some buyer's remorse on that as, as I have uh, some struggles for sure. I'm hoping I have a couple players that will perform better than they did in week one. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't want to point out any bad news, but you scored the second fewest points in the league. Um, third, Ted, third fewest points. Oh, I'm, I'm looking oh. at it right here. You've oh. got 72.6, and the Little Giants had 70.5. Who else do you think you outscored? Uh, Bengals Express. Bengal Express had 75.2. So I. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, I stand corrected. You're right. Oh, I liked it. Could you say that again? I stand corrected. No, no, I no, the like... other part. <laughs> Oh, you're right. That's it. Yes. Does Eric does not say that to you often? Are you? How many times do you say it to Ken? I can admit when I'm wrong. No problem with that. There's no doubt about that. Okay. All right. I will ask this question as we wrap up here. Yes. Hey, who is the one player on your team this week that you were expecting to perform better than they did last week? I have two, just real quick. So, Miles Sanders was injured, so I'm hoping he comes back, and that would be a no-brainer. But I really need Chris Godwin to step it up. He's got Tom Brady throwing to him. They're playing against Carolina, so I'm hoping that he lights it up against Carolina. That's what the experts are saying, but he's one of the best receivers in the league, so I really need him to um, come out and play well. Although he had a head injury in the latter part of the game, this week, so we'll see. But but I really need Godwin to step in a, step up in a big way. Well, uh, thank you for your time and your expertise, and we look forward to having you on again to pick your brain some more and see what players we should grab before you get them. I mean, uh, see how to play the waiver wire. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Thanks very much. <sighs> Fantasy football. Game time now. We have Mick McGovern back in the middle of the night or maybe early in the morning. I don't know what time it is in Australia. Judging from when he has to watch football, he's a dedicated fan, and we're going to play game time. We're going to play Who Am I? Ken has come up with a trivia question. And I believe because Mr. McGovern is the president of the Browns fans down under, we're going to make this a Browns who am I? Is that correct, Ken? That is correct. Okay, yes. so yes. now explain to Mr. McGovern here how this will work. Basically, the way this game works is it's a famous person, place, or thing from Cleveland. I'll give mm -hmm. you guys five different clues, and then there's a multiple choice at the end, and then you can blurt out a name if you know it or anything like that. Here's a hint from the start. It's a person, yep. number one, Yep. and it's a current football player. Current football okay. player, got it. So there we go. There's, okay. That's the clues before the clue. How about that? All right. Are you ready, okay. Mick? I'll try my best. Okay. I'll try, Here we go. I'll try okay. my best. This person go. was undrafted in 2009 and was signed and played for an AFC team for two years. That's clue number one. Mm -hmm. Clue number two, this person has played for 10 different teams and has played for the same team three different times. 
Once again, this is a current NFL player. This oh, person grew up. Easy. You guys aren't making this easy for the uh, for the. the I was. Yeah. <laughs> We're tough around here, man. We are yeah. tough. You thought thirty-eight to six was tough. You thought thirty-eight to six was tough. All right, here's clue number three. This person grew up in Cleveland and went to a college at a Big Ten conference school. That's clue number three. Clue number four, this person has won a Super Bowl ring and played for the Browns for only one season. Smart move on his part. Yeah, actually, sometimes, yeah. Final clue is this person when it was an All-State football player and was also a very good baseball player in high school, and he was a preseason nominee for the Johnny Unitas Award before his senior season in college. I do not have a guess yet. Okay, so I'm going to go through these again. No, I don't don't have a guess yet. I'm scratching my head. So, yeah, go through them again. Undrafted free agent in 2009 and played for this team for two years. He's played for 10 different teams and has played for the same team three times. This person grew up in Cleveland and went to college at a Big Ten school. This person has won a Super Bowl ring and has played for the Browns for only one season. And this person was an All-State football player as well as a very good baseball player in high school and was a preseason nominee for the Johnny Unitas Award before his senior season. Let's do the multiple choice. Okay, first one is Elvis Gerbach, A, B, Troy Smith, C, Brian Hoyer, or D, Charlie Fry. Ted, do you want to guess first? Brian Hoyer. Going to go with Brian Hoyer. Nick, I'm gonna go with yeah. I'll go. I'll go Hoyer. I'll go okay. Hoyer. Okay. Nick, I knew you were a smart man, and you followed the lead of the Chancellor Ted Klopp. That is correct, Brian. <laughs> that is correct. Well, now, Nick, I well, apologize. Well played, Ted. Well played, Ted. That yeah. was way too difficult for somebody that's only been covering the Browns for three years. So I owe you apology. <laughs> That was way too hard. I didn't realize that. I I appreciate the tough school. I appreciate the tough school. Well, Elvis Gerbach never played for the Browns, did he? No, he did not. Okay. Troy Smith? I don't think he he ever played for the Browns. He might have had a tryout, but he did not. He played for the Ravens. Okay, yeah. He was with the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, sure. Charlie Fry played at Akron, not a Big Ten school. Did. Which leads. He was a Browns quarterback. Brian Hoyer, who went to? Michigan State. Michigan State. Okay, yeah, I didn't yeah. know what I didn't know at college, so that was the only thing that I was yep. trying to fill that in. <laughs> okay, all right, Brian Hoyer, it is, and congratulations, Mick. Now you can tell all the chapter folks I got the trivia question right on two middle-aged men in Cleveland. That's it, and they're going to say, "What is that? What is that?" But then you can direct them to this podcast. Hundred percent. It'll be good. Sounds great. That sounds All right. perfect. Well, hey, Mick, from one Browns fan to another, I appreciate your dedication. I don't think I know anyone else who would get up at 3 a.m. to watch a Browns game. But uh, he God gets the Browns you. badge, no doubt. And <laughs> thank you very much for your time, and good day. Good day, fellas. Uh, have a great day. Thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and I'm sure I'll be in touch throughout the year because we're going to see some highs, that's for sure. We're gonna oh, see gosh, some we're going to do that. Sounds Keep good. fingers crossed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, definitely. Jeez. Everything. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
Ted Klopp here for Westminster AV, offering custom audio-visual packages for all occasions, including business meetings, weddings, graduations, banquets, and more. So if you're looking to transform an in-person event to virtual, Westminster AV has a variety of solutions for you. Pharmaceutical companies hosting dinner events can find plenty of professional support from Westminster AV. No event too big nor too small. More information can be found by going to westminsterav.com or give them a call, 216-325-6960. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. That's right, we have another collection of odd news for you in our weekly rendition of Klopp's Clips. Can we begin in Bainbridge Township, Ohio? Police called to a home where they found a woman taking items from the garage and putting them in her front yard. The woman was naked, <coughs> taken to the hospital for a cut on her leg. No word on any additional charges. Dad, I have a question. Is there something in the air that's forcing people to do things without clothes on? Could be. I don't know. I, uh, I have not cleaned my garage when I am in my birthday suit, but maybe that's a trend. I don't know. Maybe that how you clean the garage at your house? Maybe it's freeing for some people. No, I don't clean the garage that way. No one wants to see that. Thank you. <laughs> a New Hampshire woman entered a polling station last week wearing a political T-shirt. Moderator Paul Scafidi told the woman she would have to cover it or remove it because campaign clothing is banned. The woman's response, she pulled the T-shirt off with nothing underneath and said, how's this? Then she grabbed her ballot and voted topless. Got to do what you got to do. You can't wear that shirt. Well, then this is what you're going to have to deal with. A woman in Slovenia has been sentenced to two years in prison for insurance fraud. The 22-year-old and her boyfriend apparently hatched a plan to cut off her hand with a circular saw at their home. A year earlier, she signed contracts with five different insurance companies for more than a million euros. Investigators say the couple deliberately left her hand at home after slicing it off to make the disability permanent. Police, however, found the hand and it was reattached. They also found internet searches by the boyfriend days before looking at how artificial hands work. A couple claimed the incident was an accident from sawing tree branches. The boyfriend got three years in prison. Knuckleheads in the news. These, yeah. these are knuckleheads. They're this trying is, to yeah. come up with a plan and none of it worked. Well, maybe we should give her a hand. <laughs> maybe two. She might need another one because she might try this again. Yeah. A North Royalton, Ohio officer responded to a call from a concerned driver about a dr another driver weaving on the road. The officer found the vehicle and noted that the driver slurred his speech and smelled of booze when asked oh. how much he'd had to drink. The driver told the officer, quote, not enough. The guy, oh my gosh. the guy failed a sobriety test. And then during a search of the vehicle, cops found open containers and a bag of pot with a pipe. Well, this is not a good situation at all. Not not what you're looking for. I'm not laughing because he's drinking and driving, which is like the worst thing you can do. Mm -hmm. I'm laughing because of the idiocy and the crazy comments. Liz San Milan 
was practicing a song for an audition she has at the New York Conservatory of the Dramatic Arts. She was doing a TikTok video of her rehearsal when this happened. the sound of her mother falling partially through the ceiling behind her. Mom's leg and some insulation were dangling when the video stopped. The mother was apparently in the attic looking for luggage. San Milan says her mom's okay. The video has more than 8 million views. My gosh. You gotta watch what you're doing. Especially in the attic. I can see how that can happen. You just think that the entire thing has got two-by-fours that you can walk on. You stepped the wrong place, and you got, like, a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, like Chevy Chase. You'll be on Chase. the next floor. Yep. Finally, Philadelphia Phillies pitcher Zach Wheeler missed a start this past weekend. He injured the nail on his right middle finger. He suffered the injury while putting on his pants. Manager Joe Girardi told reporters that Wheeler's finger was, quote, very sore. Putting on his pants. Putting on his pants. That sounds like an injury you and I would get, in all honesty. You don't expect a professional athlete to have an issue with his pants. Maybe he shouldn't be pitching. I know Zach Wheeler's a pretty good pitcher, but my gosh. He must be aggressive when he puts his pants on. It's too much. Take it easy, man. Take it easy. Maybe he was in a hurry. Calm down. Well, that is this week's collection of Klopp's Clip. Then another episode, Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. What a great conversation it was to talk to somebody on the other side of the world and Mick McGovern. What a great guy he is. Well, the main thing I took away from that is that bad football looks like bad football no matter what continent you're on. It's consistent across the board. And maybe we need to find somebody from, uh, you know, China or Japan just to obviously make sure that our theory is correct. But I believe you're, you're correct. Bad is bad. When you talk about a diehard Browns fan, I see all these people on Twitter. I'm a diehard Browns fan. Really? Would you get up at 3 a.m. to watch that? I would not. No. <laughs> God bless him. I mean, when he told us that when we were talking to him, I was just sitting there like, holy cow, he has to get up at 3. And then he goes to work. Yeah. It's not like he's, you know, he gets to rest the rest of the day. You know, no, no he goes to work and his kids and, and his wife are, are sleeping and he gets up and watch. God bless. I think that's great. It's a great story. That's, that's another thing. A single guy, I'm, you know, maybe yeah. I could see a single guy doing this. This is a yeah. married guy with three kids. I think in return, we should get up early in the morning and watch soccer. That's what we should do. <laughs> and then he can interview us. What Australian rules football. There uh, you go. Yes. Rugby. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'll let him know that we'll be doing that. Uh, well, how about a week from never? That's perfect. Yep. Okay. Hey, we have some Facebook likes to mention this week. Alfredo Torres, Andy Michael. I love it when the names are easy. Laura McGold Shop, Ed Murphy, and Greg Kale. We're also on Instagram at 2MAMIC1702 and on Twitter at to M-A-M-I-C-L-E. Leave us a voicemail, ask a question, go to anchor.fm backslash 2-M-A-M-I-C-L-E. 
There is a link to the right, a little plus sign with the word message. Click on that and you can leave a message, ask a question, and we'll answer those questions on a future episode. I know we're going to have one next week, Ted. I already know it. Oh, a uh, voicemail? Yep. Oh, I can't wait. You know what else we're going to have next week? You're going to tell me. We're going to have an interview with a person doing one of the most unique jobs I've ever heard of. It's okay. kind of a stinky job, or it could okay. be. This gentleman is an odor judge. Do you know what an that odor means? judge? An no. Odor judge. This gentleman is a consumer researcher for deodorant. Okay. You know what that means? He does. I'm gonna guess he's sniffing an armpit. You got it. <laughs> we'll have an armpit sniffer on the show next week. We get the big guests, baby. Only us. Forget the musicians. Forget the entertainers. We got the armpit sniffer. Yep. Well, I hope the hope the interview is well and not stinky. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, smell you later. And uh, with that, Ken, what do we always have to remember? We're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.